a real hillbilly I am. <laughs> I'm as nervous as a hillbilly in front of the pay toilet right now, I tell you. <laughs> Hell, my dance near fell apart and Christine's clothes fell off. And I mean, it's, it's starting off with a bang. I, I'm allergic to alcohol. When I drink it, I break out in a drunk. And, uh, when I, hey, you know, uh, you know, at the end of my drink, and uh, I used to have this problem. I was a, I was a blackout drinker. And, and before I'd open my eyes, I'd reach over and touch the floor. And, uh, you know, if, it, if it's that cold concrete, I know that I'd had a bad night. And, and, and if it's that uh, linoleum, maybe not too bad. And if it's that carpet, man, I'd, I'd open my eyes right away and, and jump up out of bed. And then I'd run to the window because, see, if I run to the window and I looked out the window and my car was there, that's a spiritual awakening. <laughs> and if the fenders were on it, I'd really done good, boy. You know, not stuck in a trunk like hillbillies do, you know. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, we're going to rock and roll through this thing tonight and have us a party. This is going to be fun, I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, I sat in here, you know, uh, sharing experience, strength, and hope before the meeting, and uh, my lovely cheerleaders here, uh, Noreen, had, uh, went on my first 12-step uh, call with me, and uh, we were sharing, and uh, you know what, uh, John Daly, uh, Tony, the Daly boys, uh, Tony here's doing a wonderful job. He's just a cheeseburger short of a fun meal, and, uh, <laughs> you know... Good old boy, though. Good old boy. And, and then you got the other Daly, John Daly, and uh, he, uh, uh, he he's uh, sailed. He travels a lot, and uh, he was traveling through town, and he uh, stopped at, at a golf course, a, a country club. He's going to play a few rounds of golf, and he's down in the locker room there. He played a few rounds of golf, and and uh, he's down there taking a shower, and some hillbilly comes in and stole his clothes while he was taking a shower, and he comes out, and all he's got is a little face towel. So John don't know what to do with this face towel because across the golf course is his car. And in his car, he's got to change the clothes. So he can put the face towel up here and put the face towel down here. And Well, nobody knows him, but anyway, uh, John chooses to put the face towel over his face. And he goes running for his car across the golf course, streaking. And uh, the sad part about this deal was is we had Noreen, Liz, and Pam sitting out in the car. They was having cocktails. <laughs> and uh, as he come running across the golf course, well, you know, Pam had had a few cocktails, just a couple. And uh, she said, well, that's not my husband. And uh, John goes on around the corner there. Well, then Noreen sees it and says, ah, not my husband. And Liz, she'd had about four cocktails. And, and uh, Liz says, hell, he don't even belong to the country club. <laughs> yeah. You go, girl. <laughs> oh, Lord. We're going to talk about alcohol tonight. I'm telling you what. Have you ever been in that love affair with that he or she and and they uh, they go up in there and they grab that heart and they tear it out and you say, never ever again will I let anybody hurt me like that and tear my heart out and and, uh, and you know and you're sitting there on the couch and uh, y'all uh, hungry anger lonely is that a horny halt, a horny anger lonely halt <laughs> and uh, you're sitting there on the couch and the phone rings and you pick it up and hello darling one more time it's going to be different this time it's going to be different and. And uh, and you go again. That's why I used to drink alcohol. You know, it's going to be different this time. And I don't know if anyone's ever done it or not. I used to sit up there and look at the bar. I, I love the mirror. You know, you'd be sitting up there at that bar and you'd be drinking some of that smooth Tennessee whiskey, maybe sweet strawberry wine, maybe a glass of warm brandy. You know, you're sitting there and, you, and, uh, and you're looking in that mirror and, damn, you're looking so good. You know, and uh, <laughs> about a gallon of chili on your and you know, you're looking in there. <laughs> Woo! Mercy, baby. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you yeah, looking down the bar there, and down at the end of the bar, there's a cocktail waitress with a Dolly Parton wig, and you think, ah, me and her would be good together. And you get a, a few more drinks in you, and then you coast down to the end of the bar, and you flip that quarter in that jukebox, and you know you're going to ride off into the sunset, and life's going to be good. 
and then you're reaching over touching the floor to see what it is, a cold concrete, a linoleum, or a carpet. And that's the way my evenings ended. You know, I never ended up with her. I don't know what happened. Or you might, you know, I like tequila and speed. That went real well with me. A little annual nitrate. I might hit a hit of that or something. You know, something to give me just right. I've heard people say it's hard to, uh, to quit drinking. Damn, I don't know where you drank at. Where I drank at is hard to drink. I mean, get that stuff right. You know, you, you stand there, you look in that mirror, and you're doing that old tequila, and you're eating that speed, and you're getting, you're looking in that mirror, and you become about 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And you say, boy, I'm right tonight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill these. So you look in that mirror, oh, God, yeah, you know, 130 pound ringing web, but you're gonna whip the bar. You're gonna clean it up here, and then you reach over, and you're touching the floor again, and here we go again, boy. You know, I, uh, I remember my first drink of alcohol. Uh, my dad was a great big old John Wayne farmer, and he run about 1,400 head of cattle. And, uh, and I always want to be just like my dad. I've heard people say, I never want to be like my dad. And I always leave it alone, boy. And I, <laughs> I'm on a roll. <laughs> and, uh, I, I always want to be just like my dad. I darted, you know, and, and, uh, and I, I remember I turned that jug of, of, of beer up at that old farmhouse we lived in. I turned that quart bottle of beer up and, and that magic, boy, it went down inside of me in that glow. And God, I loved it. Loved everything about it. I found out a, you know, uh, I'd like to tell you my first love was some little blonde-headed, blue-eyed girl, and, and uh, we rode off in the sunset, but it wasn't. It was some uh, quart bottle of beer. And uh, you know, in the early days, it was fun, and then it become a habit, and then it become a necessity. Same thing when I started coming around Alcoholics Anonymous. It was a pure necessity. Jimmy Swagger didn't want me. Nobody had have me, and, and I, I stumbled into these rooms out of pure necessity, and then it, it become a habit stopping off, you know, because, you know, I liked it. And today, I, I dearly love it. And and a host of friends, I, friends I just never dreamed I'd have as many people that want to even hear anything I got to say, yes, especially. But, you know, and, uh, I mean, it's alcohol, boy. If you, you know, and I dearly loved it. I really did. I mean, you know, when I'd grab it. If you ever woke up in the front seat of a car, you know, and you're sitting there and you're hugging on her, and uh, God darn, life's good. You just love it, and, and, and you pass out in the front seat of your car, and, and, and you wake up. And you know, you've been eating that pickle bologna and them hard boiled eggs and, and it, it wasn't just right. It didn't, life wasn't good that night and, and you're holding on that bottle and, and uh, it starts going. It's rolling and you, and you dive for the window and the window's up and you, <coughs> and, it, and, it, and it, it's all over the window. <laughs> and then you swoosh, 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 you roll the window down. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh, mercy is life good. You know, I, I, oh boy, I'm telling you what. <laughs> Oh, mercy. You know, uh, life goes on. I never got in no trouble. I was, I was probably 16 years old. I saved them my money and bought an old car and I went to town and, uh, and me and some boys and, uh, had us some beer and run in the back of an old man and I, uh, and, uh, he jumped out with his knife and I jumped out with my knife and that was the first time I ever heard of slamming another door. And I remember going to jail and, uh, mom coming up there and saying, my boy, it wasn't my boy and that mean old guy and everything. And they got me out of jail and after about a hundred times they got tired of that, but, you know, that's, uh, that was the first time, and uh, there used to be an old rock quarry down there where we lived at it. We used to uh, hang out and drink. You didn't have all the nightclubs like you got up here down there in Kentucky. Where we drank in these gravel pits. There used to be a train that would come through this gravel pit, and I'd, we'd throw rocks at that train. And my goal in life was to hit that conductor. He'd come there, he'd be, he, he knew sign language. He would hang out there and give me some sign language, and, and all of us boys would throw rocks at the train. They'd cuss and holler at us, cuss and holler at them. And, one time he come through and I ran back of the rock and I was from here to them doors back. I couldn't do it again in a million years and I threw a rock and it went right through the train window and hit him just as pretty as you please. And, and, uh, I'm sitting at home and, and, uh, 
I guess that's the first time I ever got ratted on. They knew all the punk kids around town there, so they went to them. They said, Jimmy did it, Jim did it, and here they come running, and they took me up there and locked me up, and I'm laying there in jail, and they come in, and uh, and they said, uh, you know what you uh, did? And I said, yeah, you know, I'll be out of here in a minute. And they said, uh, well, you know that guy's paralyzed. And I said, no, I didn't know that. And they said, you know who it was? And it was one of my best friend's dad who was driving the train. And I always said all through my drinking, I'm not hurting nobody but me. Uh, so, you know, let me drink and let me have fun. I'm not hurting there. I've already injured somebody with my drinking in my early teens, uh, growing up. And, and it never, uh, it just never got no better. The trouble just kept on coming to me. Uh, you know, there used to be a bunch of boys that run around town there that was older than me and, uh, they all had nice cars and they all dressed nice and, uh, looked good and they slept all day and run all night. And I want to be just like them when I grow up. And, and I started running around Burnett Sam and I, and, uh, Y'all never forget it. The first truck I ever stole, uh, me and uh, Buddy Marion, we stole a, we stole a truck to go strip a car. And, uh, we, <laughs> my brother, my brother just come in from Vietnam and he was in Fort Knox and we stole this truck to go strip this car. We're over and we're stripping this car and we're doing a hell of a job. I mean, we done had this thing down on the rims and life was good and was loading the truck up and it run out of gas. And we're sitting there with stolen trucks, stolen car and here comes some headlights and it was my brother and I can, uh, my brother is, uh, my older brother has always been there for me and just a fine fella and he, uh, he didn't want no part of it. He took us to get some gas. That's the first incident I, and, uh, with these boys I was running with, uh, that's how they, they dressed nice and looked good and drove hot rod cars. They was thieves. And, uh, what they would do is they, they'd, uh, they'd come to Ohio and Indiana and Tennessee, wherever, and, and steal cars and we'd take them up creek beds or up the road somewhere and steal the parts and sell them and use the parts on our cars and, uh, it worked out pretty good, but it's against the law. And uh, <laughs> no matter how exciting it is driving away and getting shot at it, it's against the law. And, uh, uh, you know, so that career was short. Uh, it was very short. I remember uh, we was up in Oak Creek Bed down there, and, and uh, I heard rustling in the bushes. And uh, I guess that's the first time somebody shot at me and wanted to kill me, and a tree exploded by my head. And, and I knew they wanted to kill us, and we swam the river. And anyway, they caught up with us, so they knew who we were. And we go to court, and other boys were older than me, and I wasn't 18 yet. And they told them boys to, uh, uh, you know, they, where they were going and where they did go. And they went to penitentiary. And they told me that if I didn't pack a duffel bag and leave the state of Kentucky with five years probation, and where I was going. So I packed my duffel bag and uh, and left the state of Kentucky. And I had a brother who lived in Cincinnati, my older brother. And I remember leaving Kentucky, and my drinking was so bad that my mother told me, said, Jim, if you don't quit coming around me drinking, I'm going to kill myself. And I and I remember the district attorney put his hand on my shoulder and said, son, if you ever come back, we're going to lock you up for a long time. And that's how I left the state of Kentucky and moved into my brother's basement. I was living with him, and I behaved real good for a little while. And uh, I got a real good job. I was I got a real good job. I worked there for 19 years. I paid good money and uh, lived in his basement. We'd go to work, and after work, we'd pick up some beer, and we'd go home and drink the beer, and life was good. And so one day I was working on this uh, assembly line, and, and a guy beside me said, Jim, would you like to go out and have a drink after work? Now, have you heard them idiots that said, uh, let's have a drink, you know, and they take a drink, and, oh, I'm starting to feel it, uh, I better quit, and, you know. <laughs> the fool, I'm starting to feel it, I'm going to drink, you know. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> I love it, like a little pig and slop. I was always the first one to trough, too. <laughs> and I bellied out. You know, we went over that bar, and I'll never forget it. We kicked that door open, boy, and that smoke, and I tell you what, and them dim lights, and that music playing and the honeys are dancing and I thought I died and went to heaven. The magic is back again. I tell you what, I found the treasures of heaven right here. 
and uh, and I belly up to the bar, and you know the damnedest thing happened to me is I woke up in a, a dog cage over Norwood. It had a split log, a split log for a pillow, and they called it a jail. <laughs> I said, well, amazing, they got them in Cincinnati, don't they? <laughs> well, anyway, I, that thing was going, and I was just getting in trouble. You, you know, uh, yeah, uh, I I didn't realize so I was about four years sober. The anger and the hate. And the rage is inside of me when I was drinking. And uh, and it's like, you know, you set a glass of water up here and just let it sit there, it's going to get stale. So if you pour a little bit of that water out and put a little bit of fresh in, that glass of water lasts forever. And that's why I'm up here talking tonight. I'm going to dump a little bit of old sick Jim out, let a little bit of God in, and I think I can stay sober another day. And that's the, that's the way it happens. You know, it's, it's uh, one alcoholic working with another. That's the way it all started, you know. Yeah, you got one hand reaching for the drunk and the other hand reaching for God and you can't drink, your hands are tied up. And that's what it's about. You know, we can philosophy and do everything we want to do, but let's keep it simple. You know, and I, I see people, I sit in meetings, I see them, they got the big book and their knuckles are white and they just clenching onto that bad boy and they say, oh my God, I'm going I'm to work this, I'm going to do this. And then when they talk about working, and, and, I, and it scares me to death. I'm not into work. I don't like working today. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm lazy. I'm lazy. What I found out is I, <laughs> I got to run with a bunch of suckers in AA that like to be happy. They laugh, they cut up, and they have fun with their clothes on. I mean, you know, all... <laughs> Grant you, you know, when I got sober, I knew, I knew for a fact that all of my ups and downs were not going to be under the cover. I knew there was going to be some bad times. It, it's like a heartbeat. You know, it goes up and down. When that bad boy levels out, you're dead. You're dead, you know, so... Yeah, you know, that's life. That has nothing to do with drinking, really. You know, I don't know. But, you know, I, God, I love them bars. I swear I did. And them honky-tonk angels. I knew one of them would turn my world around or at least rock it. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I was up there one of these, uh, queens. I was in a, a do drop in up there and she was dancing. And I remember telling her, I said, uh, you know what you do. You tell them, you know, you want to all the old country line. Whatever you got to tell them to get them where you want them. <laughs> And I was buying her Ram drinks and feeding her all that garbage and told her if I was a jukebox and you was a record, I'd play you all night long, baby. And you know, I'm going to kidnap you, honey. We're, we're, you like that, huh? <laughs> it worked. We woke up in Jellico, Tennessee. <laughs> don't give me that. <laughs> you girls don't know how bad you were. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, woke up and looked at me, then you knew how bad you were. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> But I did. I kidnapped that girl, took her hostage, and uh, and we woke up down in Jellicoe, Tennessee, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I said, where are we at, and what are we doing? And she said, we're getting married, and I said, we're going home. <laughs> Long drive back to Cincinnati, <clears throat> but we made it. We made it in one piece. One of my number of incidents I uh, in my blackout drinking that I did, and uh, but my drinking was getting pretty bad, and this anger and rage it was inside of me, and I sat down there. Oak Street, a clubhouse at uh, the uh, Friday Night Brain Damage Group is my home group, and uh, never guessed that, would you? <clears throat> but uh, that's, uh, I was hanging out down there at the clubhouse one time, and I was sitting there like an old big bullfrog up there at the table all humped up, and my sponsor came in, and he said, who in the world are you mad at, boy? And nobody. And uh, that's when they started working on me, and I'll never forget it. They they made me uh, this stupid stuff. You know, I, I prayed all the time. I really did. I was very spiritual. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've sat in front of that commode many a times. Oh, God, get me out of this. I'll never do it again. Or huh? <laughs> You're going, oh, God, I hope she ain't there. <laughs> She's going to hurt me. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, that's life in a big city. 
You know, we rock and roll down this thing here, boy, I'm telling you what, life, it's good. Life's good today. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, and I was sitting there and they started working on me and they said, Jim, you know how to pray, you know, and I, I told them how to pray. And they said, you start, when you get home tonight, you know, you get, uh, you take your uh, boots off and you stick them up under the bed and you say, God, thank you for day sobriety. And then when you get up in the morning, you pull your, you get on your knees, you pull that boots out under your bed and you say, God, help me to another day sobriety. And that's how I learned to pray. And I, I, you know, I, and it was very sincere when I did it. And I hated myself. I was sitting there humped up like a big toad frog there at that meeting. It was because I hated myself. I was mad at the world, but it was me. I hated it. It wasn't nobody else. I used to think when I'd sit in them bars and, and fight and kick and gouge, it, it was me. You know, I thought everybody was being mean to me, and it wasn't. It was me. And I remember they used to make me look in the mirror and say, Jim, I love you. Oh, God. That was that was bad. And they said, we want you to look at them dead eyes. And I remember I look in that mirror and I say, Jim, I love you. And I go home and, you know, finally my sponsor was giving a lead one time and he said, uh, he said, you know, I told Jim to start looking in the mirror and say, Jim, I, I love you. And he said, finally he learned to love himself. Now I can't keep his hands off himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, that's, that, it's very true that sponsors, they need us. Sponsors need us. They, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I was in a meeting one time. And on one side, this guy's been sober 99 million years. And on the other side, is a guy couldn't stay sober. And this guy's been over slinging snot. And he's got a, I got a big list of numbers and I just won't call. I don't know why I won't call. I won't call. I won't call nobody. And the old guy sitting on the other side of me, he said, I used to be just like you. And, uh, the boy said, well, what did you do? And he said, well, one time I wanted to drink real bad. And he said, I'm driving up the road. I'm going to get a drink. And I look over there in the barn. And there's my sponsor. He's over in his barn. He's got to flip in the driveway and pull into the barn. And I say, Sam, I want a drink so bad I can't stand it. And Sam said, well, you're right on time because I was fixing to hang myself. And, <laughs> I'll tell you what, boy. <laughs> when I first got sober, and I'm not wearing it tonight, but I got a belt that I've had uh, probably 15 years. And it's got my name on the back, Jim. And, uh, my, my sponsor's name's Jim. I got two, two sponsors, Jim and Bob, and they both, well, they sponsor each other's sponsors. We sponsor everybody. We sponsor each other. And anyway, his name's Jim too. We're on vacation. No, Jordan, you like that, huh? Woo! <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're on vacation down in Gatlinburg, and we're going up the street, and, and, uh, they got these belts hanging there. And, uh, and Jim says, I want you to buy a belt with your name on it. And I get a belt and it's Jim and I put it on. And I said, now, now why did I do that? And he said, so when you get your head out of your ass, you know who you are. <laughs> Wait. He gets a belt with Jim on it. His name's Jim. He puts it on. I said, I got this sucker. And I said, now what'd you do that? And he said, so when you get your head out of my ass, you know who I am. <laughs> <sighs> Thing, man. We're playing anything. Yeah. yeah, but you know, uh, life's a day that you learn as you go. And sometimes you lead and sometimes you follow. And I tell you what, I don't know where this lead's going tonight, but I hope one of you stays sober because that's why I'm here tonight, so I'll stay sober another day. Um, but you know, with my drinking and the anger and the rage, and, and I remember one time I, I was in a parking garage and a bunch of us was in this garage and we got in this vicious fight and, and, uh, and uh, this guy ducked, and I knocked my buddy's brains out. He had to have a steel plate put in his head, and the guy that ducked 
I mean, we held him down and cut his throat. And we cut his throat, and he was bleeding all over the parking lot. And the police came in, and they're holding me down. And they pump a shotgun in my face, and the dog's slobbering on me. They said, if you move, we're going to kill you, son. And I kept jerking and moving because I wanted to die. And that's the way the end of my drinking was, was I suicidal. I wanted to die. I didn't want to live no longer because alcohol had raped me of my life. As, uh, but my drinking, uh, you know, my brother had a house, a dog, a cat, a wife, and kids, and, and life was good. Life was good. And I thought, well, now maybe if I tried that, maybe my life would turn around. These are the methods I tried. And so I go find a wife, and, uh, and, and, uh, <laughs> wife number one. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I found I found this girl, uh, a beautiful lady, beautiful lady. She's 16 years old, and uh, don't ask me how old I was. <laughs> 20, I think. <clears throat> but anyway, we start. You know, we started dating, and her dad told me he said if you come around until she's 18 years old, you can have her. Well, now we had a perfect relationship because she's 16 years old, and I had to have her back home by 11 o'clock. So we could go out all day and run around and party and have fun, and then I could drop her off at 11 o'clock, and I could stay out drunk all night, and they thought I was a good old boy. And it, it worked out pretty good, and, and she turned 18, and we did get married. And uh, life was good. I celebrated. I had gone two or three days, and I come back, she's mad. I, I don't know what, bad attitude, you know. <laughs> so, you know, so, uh, you know, I said, well, I know, but I know the problem here. We got an issue. We'll get some tissues and take care of this issue. And, uh, so what we've done is, uh, we got a little ranch house. We moved in that little ranch house and I celebrated and gone three or four days. Come on. She's mad again. I can't make this damn woman happy. And she, I don't think she understands why I'm out, you know, celebrating. <laughs> and, uh, so I said, we'll get, me and you and the milkman, the milkman, we'll get a baby boy. That'll work. And, uh, we had a baby boy, Jamie, and, I celebrate. She got mad again. I said, well, shit. You know, can't make this woman happy. We got a big two-story house. That ought to help things a little bit. So we get this two-story house and we move in there. She gets mad again because I'm out celebrating and, you know, and then I get a baby girl and go celebrate. She gets mad again and shit. I get a big German Shepherd named Pup and she's mad and I'm celebrating. Get a big fat cat named Quincy and she's mad and I'm celebrating. Have you ever come home and you're coming down the road to your house and your mufflers drag it and you puked on the window and you're running over the hedges and the neighbors are grabbing her kids and running and, and you know, and they turn off John Wayne to come out on the porch and watch Jim. And, and as you stagger to the door and you open that door and it looks like you've done some acid, her mouth is this big, you know. <laughs> and, and my God, the kids are crying, the dog's biting, the cat's scratching. Hell, you'd drink too, wouldn't you? Yeah, he doesn't. The methods didn't work. <laughs> oh boy. And, uh, life's good, Liz. And, uh, you know, I've been on one of them wild drunks and I come home and, and I'll never forget it. I, I go through my door and I'm beat to death. I mean, alcohol acts absolutely just beat me to my knees and I start up the steps to go to bed. And I start up the steps and taking my clothes off and I throw one of my shoes over my shoulder and I turn around and look down at the bottom of the steps. And there's my little four-year-old boy and my little three-year-old girl. My little boy looks up at me with them big brown eyes and he says, Dad, you're a fool. Alcohol one more time went up and tore my heart out. And there wasn't nothing I could do about it. I didn't know at that time that I was powerless over alcohol. My life was unmanageable. I crawled in that bed and I covered up and I cried like a baby. 
I said, God, please, if I said, God, give me out of this mess. And I meant it from the bottom of my heart. And I laid in that bed, and I, somehow or another, I, during the day, I, I woke up, and, and I got on my knees there beside the bed, and, and just want, I didn't know what to do. Everybody told me I was crazy, and I was losing weight, and my whole life, uh, bill collectors calling, it's, the whole world was coming down around me. And, uh, you know, when you lose respect of a three-year-old and a four-year-old child, that's bad. That's bad. But that's where it took me to the depths of hell. My mother didn't want me around me. My family didn't want to even drink with me. And, uh, you know, you can't get the drunks to drink with you. That's bad. Uh, oh, Lord. But uh, anyway, I, I opened the phone book. And I was going to call it psych work because they didn't have all the commercials on TV back then that, uh, you know, dial a cab and we'll come and get your, we'll take you over here and $20,000 later you'll be fine and dandy. It wasn't, it uh, pretty much uh, wasn't none of the commercials on or nothing. And uh, so I uh, I opened the phone book and there it was, Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, uh, and I guess God had answered my prayers and I dialed out at Oak Street before they had intergroup in uh, the clubhouse down there and the Imogene, a lady, uh, answered it. She said, I have a gentleman call you right back and uh, talk to you. And, uh, and she did her job. Imogene done a wonderful job. She uh, got a gentleman who called me right back. Uh, out of an old pay phone down there at Oak Street. And, uh, and I'm sitting there and he said he, he, he was good at his job. He knew what he was doing. He said, Jim, I'll be down to pick you up at 8 o'clock. He said, we're going to an 8.30 meeting. And I said, okay. So I'm sitting there and I'm just nervous. My God. I mean, I, you, you know, I had these visions of a big white Cadillac. Now, I know Volkswagen, a Cadillac with Alcoholics Anonymous right down the side of it. <laughs> what in the world are my neighbors going to think? <laughs> Scare me to death. And, and I'm just waiting for this deal to happen, boy. And, I, and in the meantime, though, I'm a con now. Wait a minute. I know who to call to borrow money, and I know who to call to get this and all the back. I know who to call. And, and so I call her. And, uh, and I say, Hon... She says, what? And I said, guess what? She said, what? And I said, I think I got a drinking problem. And she said, no shit. <laughs> We're always the last to know. And anyway, I'm sitting at home, boy, and here an old pickup truck pulls up out front, and God, I'm nervous. Because see, my house is like a police station. Just drunks coming, going, and you know, I'd be at the bar, and hey, let me buy you a beer, come down to the house later on, we'll move a refrigerator. You know, people, weird people coming in now. And, uh, so I got to get rid of this idiot. This idiot in a t-shirt and a, and a pickup truck, I got to get him out of here before the big guy gets there. And he walks up. He is the big guy. <laughs> and we ride down to Oak Street, and he's talking like I'm talking tonight, and he's telling me all these stories. And I thought, man, if I get as bad as you, I'll quit too. You know. <laughs> and he set me down the back road out at Oak Street and bought me a big book I still have today, and he wrote in it you know, a few nice things. And and he said one thing, keep coming back. And uh, and I did. For five months, I'd go religiously. And I'd sit in the back row and put the cotton in my ears and sit there. And then I'd run over to the bar after the meeting and drink Cokes and impress the hell out of everybody. I said, look at Jim go. And uh, and that's the way I was. And, and uh, needless to say, if you don't uh, use the tools that you're given in Alcoholics Anonymous, you'll drink again. The old Jim will drink again. I do believe that for a fact. And I believe the time and place to present itself. The only thing between me and that drink is God. And when all else fails, work with another drunk. These are things I believe. But anyway, I drank again. Five months sober, five months dry, and uh, the bill collectors off my back. Uh, I built a garage and built a car and, 
and uh, the mean old wicked woman was on the back of the kids, and uh, life was good. And I drank, I drank for three weeks. I went back out for three weeks. The first week, uh, I was doing burnouts over in the middle of Norwood, and that's the GTO I'd restored, and it's against the law, they locked me up. The second week, uh, I'm hitchhiking from Frankfort, Kentucky to Lexington, Kentucky, was covered in blood, not knowing how I got there. The third week of drinking, I was uh, in Norwood, and I hadn't bathed, and I was nasty, and, uh, and wanting to die. And wanted to die because I'd had a taste of the good life. And they, when they say you'll be amazed before we're halfway through, that's uh, very true. And, uh, and I, I jump in my car and, and I load a cooler up with beer. And I go over and give me one of them honky-tonk angels. And I draw all my money out of the bank and I shoot off down the expressway. And as I cross the bridge coming out of Cincinnati and Kentucky, the awfulest thing happened to me. A moment of clarity. Will this cooler of beer last election? And I... <laughs> I pulled over a cork and bottle. That didn't take but a second to figure that one out. I got me four gallons of wine. T.J. Swan, easy night. <laughs> I take off down the road, boy. It's party time for the kids. Party time for the kids. And we're down there. We got this mud slide down there. You may ask my brother about it. We used to, when we were kids, and it shoots you way out in the river, and, and uh, ropes you swing off of trees out in the river and everything, and... Uh, and, uh, you know, river, river rats, I guess. And, uh, we, uh, I took us, and I was sitting there, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and we got some poison ivy. And, <laughs> and we had mud all over us. We was nasty looking. And, <laughs> and I thought, well, we'll take care of half of this issue. And, uh, I put a gallon of wine between her legs and give her a push, and she shoots out that mud slide out in the river, and she's bobbing up and down, drowning. And, <laughs> I look at my brother, he's up in a tree over there, he's on vacation from penitentiary, and, and I, I said, sorry Billy, <laughs> my brother and my mother's here, you know, <laughs> got to keep this thing honest, I, I, I look up at Billy, I said, Billy, what do you think, you think uh, I ought to get her out of there, and he said, nah, let her drown, <laughs> she's drowning, and, and my buddy Mike, he'd been in a car wreck, and Hoodie comes through and messed his arm up, and he, he was on some good medication. So uh, he jumped on the mud slide after him. Boy, out there he goes, and they collide, and they both bobbing him down, drowning. I said, that's it. Then, so I go to my spiritual advisor again, and he says, hell, I like Mike. Let's get him out of there. So, <laughs> we pull him out, and, and uh, me and the old girl climb over the little rock wall there. We climb on that rock wall, and we lay in there, and, and the mud, the blood, and the beer, and nasty, and God darn, I tell you what, I guess I was probably weighing 140 pounds back then, or something ringing wet and nasty. And, uh, and I'm laying there on that rock wall and I wake up the next morning and, and the sun's just beating down through the trees. It's just a beautiful, beautiful day. And I look over at her and she looks at me and, you know, and, you know, in the 12 and 12, it talks about the key to the door is faith and willingness and you get through the door and, and, uh, you know, once you get through that door, I think you can alive with God. And I believe that day when I looked, that sun was beating down through them trees on me on that rock wall, I believe I found God. And I crawled off that rock wall, and I come back to Cincinnati, and I haven't found it necessary to take a drink since. And if I make it to September the 1st, that'll be 16 years clean and sober with no mood on and chemicals in my body. And I got back, and I washed under my arms and everything. And I, and I, I went back down to Oak Street, and I kicked the door open, and I was there to get sober. And, uh, boy, the old Bill Brady and Jim, and there's just a lot of people, Noreen, and, and all of my friends are there waiting on me. 
And uh, this time I was dead serious. And that's why I got two, two sponsors today, Jim and Bob, because I don't go bear hunting with a switch. I just don't believe in it. And uh, boy, I thank God for it because them two has just been on me. Whew, mercy. You know, uh, I was sober a couple of years and uh, they wouldn't let me do much of nothing. And, uh, you know, and uh, finally after two years, me and my wife looked at each other and she didn't like me. I didn't like her. And uh, so we had mutual agreement, and <laughs> and she left. And I'll never forget watching my children go out of that mobile home. We lived in the mobile home at that time, and uh, and the tears running down my face, and I hurt. My heart was pulled out again by alcohol. It was a, a, it was a horrible thing. But uh, you know, I didn't drink. I never had a desire to drink through that incident. And I remember uh, getting the AA meeting. A guy asked me to give a lead the other day. The first guy I ever sponsored. And uh, you know how we forget things the longer you're sober, your sobriety, you forget stuff. And he said, Jim, do you remember when I used to come over there to your trailer and uh, and we'd get in my old Volkswagen? And, uh, and and boy, it hit me. Because see, what it was is, is I had a good job. I mean, I was making probably back in 79, I, uh, Lord, I was, I was making probably $15 an hour or something, but uh, the child report and the bill collectors took it. I didn't have nothing. <laughs> So we're sitting there, and, and I got a Monte Carlo, and he's got a Volkswagen with no floorboards, and uh, one brake, that full of emergency brake to stop, and, and, and one headlight. And he said, you remember we got, we, we sold my fishing poles, and we got gas in that Volkswagen, and we headed out to Oak Street, uh, and had a torch to steam off the window, and, and he's, <laughs> and to keep warm, and he said, we're going down there to pick up girls. And I said, yeah, I remember that. Oh, you ought to see this, boy. We're looking good. Yeah, a couple of years sober. Here we go, boy. <laughs> Oh, Lord, how easy we forget, you know, no pain, no gain. But uh, we enjoyed that. That was good old times, I guess, as we go through this thing. And boy, did you know, uh, I started, you get going through this thing here, and like I said, that was a troublesome time in my life. And, uh, and, uh, we got through that thing and, and got into sponsoring, and, and boy, Bob and Jim, they just whipped on me. I mean, they made me, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know it, but today I look back, I don't complain a lot. You know, because if you call me one day complaining, uh, your Bob would call me and say, there's a drunk at 3 o'clock in the morning, go pick him up. And, uh, and I remember this one time, boy, I, I, I finally advanced. I had a Trans Am, and I was headed to Batesville, Indiana, because they didn't have a lot of care units, and I got this big old drunk with me, and I'm a little bitty guy, and I'm driving up to Batesville, Indiana, and he's hitting on me, and he's going to beat me up and whip me, and I couldn't figure this out my floor. And, I pull over the phone, I call Bob, and I say, Bob, I said, this sucker here, we're going to have to go at it. And he said, well, Jim, when a baby cries, what are you doing? I said, I ain't changing his diaper. <laughs> he said, get him a bottle. And so I get a six-pack of beer, and I open one, and I hand it over to this mean sucker. And he downs it, and he lays back in that seat and just melts down, puts his arm around you, the best friend I ever had. <laughs> Woo, off we go. <laughs> Boy, life's good. Here we go. I had to do that the other day. Some of you here were there. I was over in this big old Mexican. was down there at Russell Street. And he wanted to whip me. And I mean, he's a big old boy. And I was like, oh, dang, man. And here we heading out to Sharonville, and he's beating on me. I do the same thing to him. He just flies down the street. I said, you know, I just told him, I said, yeah, I said make a decision. Either whip me, you know, or, or uh, you know, get drunk or get soaked. And he said, I want to get drunk. And I said, oh, well, just do it. You know, go for it, boy. And it worked, but uh, you know, this is just the things I've done, you know, and, and Lord, I remember we were over eating breakfast one time, and, and uh, I'm buttering and shaking, and I'm buttering my toast, and I'm putting wrappers and ashtrays, 
I don't smoke, so I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sitting in the mask, and, and Bob's sitting there smoking his cigarettes that he dearly loves and enjoys. And he sends his butter wrappers in his ashtray, and he just dumps it in my plate. And I'm sitting there, and, and I didn't know what he was doing. I didn't understand that. There was a, but I remember my mom, when I was a little kid, my mom used to make me go, me and seven of us boys, and if we misbehaved, she'd make us go cut a switch. And we'd have to go cut our own dang switch for her to whip us. And if we didn't cut a good switch, then Dad would come home and take a belt to our butt. So, you know, it's a no-win situation. But Bob was trying to teach me a little respect that I'd forgotten when I was a kid. And uh, and I was really mad at him until one day my brother got blew up in Japan and 95% of his body was third-degree burned. And from his ankles up was all completely burned. And I'm down there, I ride with my brothers all down to Texas. They fly, 40 Marines, they fly into Texas. And I'm down there, uh, we ride down there in a van and they're drinking beer and I get down there and, and I'm down there and my brother is just horrible looking. I mean, he's burnt to death and I'm crying and I call my sponsor and I say, I really want to drink. I really want to drink bad. And he said, can you wait a couple hours? And I said, well, yeah. He said, I'll be right there. You don't have to drink. Wow, the man that puts the ashes in my plate would drive around the country to save me. Amazing. Just amazing the love that we find in this fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, it just time after time, incidents like that has happened in my sobriety. When, you know, uh, oh, you know, and I made that promise to God and my sponsor before I take that drink, I called my sponsor. My little niece, uh, I was talking to her down at the family reunion here a couple months ago. And she had uh, tried some of that mood on her weeds. She's smoking some wacky tobacco. And, uh, and I didn't know what to do. She was telling me about this. And uh, I said, I'll tell you what you do. I said, every night, uh, you call me at 10 o'clock. And I said, now you promise me and God you'll call me every night at 10 o'clock. And I said, and don't drink or don't do drugs. And uh, we talked to her a while ago. She came up to my lead and she's got a couple months put together. Just by calling me. Huh. Amazing. Amazing. Get a little bit of respect back if we stay sober. We rock and roll down this road. I tell you what, it's just absolutely amazing. I was laying on my couch one day and, uh, and just not doing nothing really special. I, I you know, I, I run around. I always got muscle shirts on. A lot of people paid to see this suit tonight. They didn't know I had one. <laughs> I lay on my couch and the, and the telephone rang and I'd been going down to Kentucky on a regular basis and seeing my mom and, and taking her out to Dairy Queen and DQing her and we'd walk up the street and do a little Walmarting and our different things and uh, I didn't know anybody who even paid any attention to me. I wasn't doing nothing special. And, and the phone rang, I answered the phone and the gentleman said, uh, this is the district attorney down in Lawrenceville, Kentucky. I said, oh my God, they found <laughs> Oh boy. And, uh, and he said, I got a builder down here and, uh, he's got a bad drinking problem. And he said, I don't know what you're doing, but it's working. And he said, I wish you'd come down and talk to him. And that's the guy who told me to leave and never come back. You know, and, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how it works. I really don't. I, I just know if you don't drink and you read the big book and you go to meetings, you probably won't get drunk. Uh, not drinking is vitally important. Uh, you know. We keep going through this, and you know, after my divorce, I, uh, I, uh, I, I found a, a young lady, and, uh, and we got married, and we was married nine years in sobriety, and, uh, and I thought it was a good marriage for at least eight of them, and you know, I, I, I asked wife number two, 
And I am I am toy this thing and uh I am toy this thing one time. I thought, what'd you get out of that? Well when I met that lady, she had the prettiest little uh baby boy you ever seen in your life. And I adopted him. And he's fourteen today and I just really love him. It was just uh you know, it, it, it's uh, very special in my life today. And uh, one thing is, I was married to her for nine years, and I never cheated on her. Never looked at another woman. And my first wife, I was a dog, but she was a wonderful woman. So, you know, I, I found that I can be a good old boy when I want to be. <laughs> as long as I don't drink. I don't drink. So, you know, uh, me and Paul Guthrie, we were talking about that earlier. You know, you got two dogs in your belly. A positive and a negative, and whichever you feed is going to get fat. And I try every day to feed the old fat dog. That positive just getting fat as I'm getting. And, uh, you know, rolling on down. So I, and I, after the wife number two, I was sitting at home one night, and I was sitting there, and, and you know how you do at night. You're sitting there, and, uh, and you need to be in a relationship. And I sit there, yeah, boy, I need to be in a relationship. I called my sponsor. He told me to get a grip on myself. And, Dirty-minded people, dirty minds, dirty minds. Uh, everybody thinks you'll find a solution, don't you? <laughs> anyway, uh, I uh, I had a talk with my sponsor about this, and the next night I'm going to uh, a father-daughter dance with my daughter. Uh, and we're at this father-daughter dance, and I'm sitting over with all these old ugly men. And our daughter's out there dancing, and I dance with her. And God, she's so pretty. She's here tonight, beautiful little girl. And, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the reality hit me. I've got a relationship. Look at that beautiful girl and God. That's all I need. That's all I need. And look at my friends. I've got relationships. Tons of them. You know, it ain't what I thought. It's completely different from what I thought. But I got them. And I remember, you know, and me and my daughter, we used to horseback ride every evening. And uh, we'd just follow deer and stuff. They couldn't smell you and uh, and uh, it was just a wonderful evening we got to spend together and go together in my sobriety. And uh, she found boys and the horses left. And, you know, damn it. <laughs> but she's uh, she's 19 today, and she's just a beautiful little girl. She got a full ride to college and uh, got a wonderful job. And she's just, just uh, daddy's little girl. God love her, and she loves me. And, uh, you know, little brown-eyed boy there, I tell you what, damn him. He got something in his tongue. He called an earring. And, uh, but you know we have respect for each other. We'd ride around today, and uh, and uh, with that other day we and him were sitting down talking, and I said, "Jamie, you really respect me?" And he said, "Yes, I respect you." And he said, uh, "He said, you know, I'm out here on the streets and stuff, and uh, you know, and I see a lot of people that are drunk and really needing help." And he said, "I give all the drunks your phone number." <laughs> God love him. <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> then here comes wife number three. <laughs> yeah, I found her a Rule 62 last year. Yep. I sure did. It runs out of the pool. And she said, I'm in a relationship, but if I ever get out of it, I'll talk to you. And uh, a month or so later, she got out of it, and I run into her over Johnny's East Four, and we got to talking, and, and I never let go. I didn't let go. She was on vacation two weeks, and I was with her every day at Sunlight Pool, run off the Smoky Mountains, and I'll tell you what, <laughs> like a little pig in the sloth. I'm telling you, I love her. God damn. Yes, sir, love that girl to death. And she, you know what? She had a little nine-year-old girl, too. And uh, and we went, we done the Girl Scout thing, and we've done the, you know, the uh, father-daughter bowling thing, and we went to, uh, we went to uh, 
sunlight pool and swimming the day before yesterday, and uh, she thinks I'm great. She just thinks I'm great. You know what I'm trying to talk about? I'm trying to talk about respect. You know, you can't go down to Kmart on a blue light special and buy it. Be nice. Be nice, but it don't happen. But I got my family here today with me, and they love me, and I love them. And, you know, my drinking had nothing to do with my family. I come from a very loving family, a very caring family. And uh, it had nothing to do with them. It was nothing to do with no child within a junk jerking out spanky's ass years ago. Nothing to do with that. It had to do with Jim. It's Jim. I'm allergic to alcohol. When I drink it, I break down the drunk. You know, Old Hill Billy Bill, you know, I, uh, it's very dear to me. I want, you know, I went on a 12 step call down in Kentucky one time in the old sleeping room and me and my sponsor went there and in the room was a, a bed and an old man laying in there and swollen up and, uh, and, uh, couldn't get to the bathroom and it was a sad sight and, uh, we got him in a hospital and the only good blood vein in his body was in his foot and that's what it started IV and I watched him over a period of time die. And, uh, that was that big John Wayne plant, uh, farmer, my father. And it tore my heart out to watch my dad die and not holding me that out. And, uh, but I didn't drink and I got sick, you know. Had a beautiful niece, Vanessa. And some drug addict coming to, she's a Sunday school teacher, a cheerleader, had everything in the world going for her. And, uh, some drug addict come in the store and beat her and beat her with the ladder to the other. Had to have a closed casket. Drugs are that important to me. We need a nice drug. We need that closed casket. And me and my brother stand beside that casket and we want to kill somebody. And my mom puts her arm around me and says, Jim, I'm glad you're here with big shoulders for the family today. And it all passed. I was there for my family for once in my life. A year and a half later, her dad found her dead, Tommy. A year and a half later, he died from a broken heart. And in the funeral, they played the song, I've got a date with an angel when I'm done here on this earth, and I hope to God he's with her today. And I believe he is. You know, and, but through all these times, I never had the desire to drink. All the time, they're tearing my heart out, and I didn't have the desire to drink. Old Hill Billy Bill tells a story, and he told me one time, and keeps it simple to me, and I, and I tell a story in every one of my leads. It was about a sharecropper family down in Tennessee. And, uh, Every year, they'd buy groceries at the store on credit. And then they sell their crops, and they pay their bill off the store. So all year long, they'd buy groceries, then they sell their crops, and they pay their bill off the store. And one year, they sold their crops, and they had a little bit of money left over. They'd always broke even. This one time, they had a little bit of money left over. And they were so poor, they couldn't pay attention. And they said, and they're sitting there in the general store, and they'd all seen each other, but they'd never seen their self. And they said, what are we going to do? And they said, we're going to buy a mirror. So they buy a mirror. And the mirror comes in, they take it home, they sit on the table, and they unwrap this mirror. And old dad looks in that mirror and says, God, darn good looking old man. Mom looks in it, wow, looking good. And little Susie, blonde hair, blue eyes, looks in and says, you're cute. Little Johnny, when he was a baby boy, an old mule kicked him in the face. His whole face was just mangled and tore all the pieces. And uh, when little Johnny looked in that mirror, his mangled face, Johnny started crying. And tears running down Johnny's face. His mother, his father, and his sister looked at Johnny and said, Johnny, what's wrong? And Johnny said, you mean you love me the way I look? And they said, Johnny, we love you just the way you are. When I come into Alcoholics Anonymous, old Mueller kicked me. And I told you people about the mule kicking me. And I told you how bad I was beat up and mangled. And you said, Jim, keep coming back. We'll love you until you learn to love yourself. I would like to thank each and every one of you alcoholics for loving me back into loving myself. As my sponsor says at the end of his story, 
I'm not the man I want to be. I'm not the man I ought to be. But thank God I'm not the man I used to be. Love you all. Let's party.